calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Yeah, there it is. How come we didn't do that in the trailers? Trailers, trailers. The three-minute Rocky Four trailer is out there, but that's not what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about this tweet that Michael Vogel found. Really funny tweet. I'm going to bring it and share it here on the on screen for everyone to read uh, who is watching us, and then we'll read it uh, ourselves here uh, and, and as we go through it. This is from Adrian F. Okadrian. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Black Widow would give Wolverine that work? Word. Hawkeye going to wet up Xavier. I don't know what this means with the kids. Uh, but it, basically, it's just showing the Avengers versus the X-Men. This uh, discussion about the Avengers. Wanda is way stronger than Jean. I doubt Storm will be able to handle Thor. Quicksilver will take out Magneto. Uh, Hawkeye Arrow directed. One Hawkeye Arrow directed the Professor. Black Widow would give Wolverine that work. Cap would take Cyclops' head off. Tony and Hulk taken out the rest. Um, so and there have been some funny comments. So, Michael, tell us why this tweet appeared to you uh, appealed to you and why well, we're discussing so first of all not any big news to cover this week in oh, the geek yeah. realm yeah. uh you know we got we got what if we got what if check out our spoiler review we're excited about things coming but this tweet popped up my brother sent me this tweet because he was like you got to read these comments and i started reading the comments and one of my favorite things is when people on twitter passionately argue stuff that is completely made up and get yep. really 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 funny about it and this person came out talking and look i love the mcu we anybody who listens to the show knows i love me some mcu i yep. love the avengers but saying that the avengers would be able to take out the x-men is such a bonkers statement <laughs> uh i don't know how my, i don't know how my fellow geek buddies feel i hope they feel differently because i'd like to duke it out but yeah so some of these responses are absolutely gold because you're like you have got to be crazy yeah um shannon what do you think about this proposal uh the avengers versus the x-men and do you have a comment or two on this thread that stood out to you 
Okay, well, first, I think we need to frame the arguments uh, a little clearer. Okay, Which please. Avengers team are we talking about? Are we talking okay. Avengers 1? Are we talking Avengers 2? Which X-Men team are we talking mm. about? I don't I give I think, you. I think we have to, we got to narrow it down. Okay. okay, okay, that's fair. I will give you. I think you can pick your, I think you can pick your ultimate Avengers team and your ultimate X-Men Ooh. from the movies. I think that, like, anyone is on the table... Okay. And I would still say, with anybody on the table, the X-Men are going to win. I think you're probably right. Okay. But the X-Factor of Hulk and Thor and Wanda make that victory far from assured. That, like, I, I think you get... Well, I mean, and... and I'm not going to add Captain Marvel because she came much later. I'm trying She's to an Avenger. Like, yeah, we, yeah, oh, wait, but, but you but, said but, Ultimate Avengers team. You, does that mean everybody? Sure, but she's okay. going to be late and she won't show up to the last minute because that's what she does. That's what she does. She's fashionably late. You know I think if you take the team from X-Men 1 versus the team from Avengers 1, I think that's a pretty big fight because Jean does not have her, she does not have her Phoenix abilities. I mean, she, she is telekinetic with a little bit of telekinesis. Um, I think Storm loses it to Thor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know, you add Professor X into it. I mean, Professor X can literally like freeze time. I mean, he can, uh, that's kind of, yeah. I think the X-Men have it because of Professor X. But again, Avengers 1, the fact that you have Hulk, Iron Man, and Thor on the same team, uh, again, I think it's I think it's a it's an all-day-long fight. Now that you've heard from my two less learned colleagues, let me tell you why the Avengers are going to decimate the fucking X-Men. Apparently, apparently some dude in a wheelchair who's bald apparently trumps everything. Eric wears a metal helmet. It can get away with stopping that fool from reading his mind. You don't think uh, a Tony Stark's going to come up with a helmet that all the Avengers can wear before they go into battle that immediately nullifies Professor X and Jean Grey immediately in the situation. So what you're dealing with is laser eyes and Wolverine. And we've seen Hulk demolish Wolverine in the comics uh, and back and forth. Those two have fought to a bit of a draw. So that's pretty much a washout. Rogue, you just got to cut her hands off and she can't. And the game is over. She's not going to be able to touch you and absorb your power. Storm is an issue, but I think the God of Thunder versus the God versus uh, 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 Storm would be a hell of a battle. But I give the advantage to the guy with the hammer. He's got a fucking hammer. He is the God of Lightning. Okay. Uh, so I think well, he is the God of Thunder, actually. Well, <laughs> whatever. Either way, some lightning bolts are hitting your ass. Either way, that's what he can do. There and then you've got Captain America. I think Captain America absolutely uh, can outsmart little Bobby Drake or whatever his damn name is, the Iceman. He can absolutely outsmart that kid, just like he did Spider Man. You know, you know. It, this is the, these are the differences here, which you've got. Oh, and I haven't even gotten into Hawkeye or Black Widow, and I've already beaten this team. And if you give me Scarlet Witch, say goodnight. Scarlet Witch would absolutely separate Dream Gray from her limbs. And what's left of Professor X after they're done with it. So to me, if this is the team you're presenting, I can whip this team no problem with the uh, Avengers from Age of Ultron. Absolutely demolish this X-Men team. You're both insane. Well, first of all, if we're doing Avengers from Age of Ultron, then we're doing X2, yeah? Sure. So first of all, Mystique is going to go in and in two seconds confuse all of the Avengers to no end because she's going to fuck up all their communication with a team that already doesn't get along on their best day. Second of all, Magneto is going to come in and can crush mm-hmm. Tony Stark like a can of empty diet. Wait, wait, wait. Are, like are you bringing in? Out. Are you bringing in the villains uh, to be part of this? The mutants? Oh, yeah, to be because they were on the same team at the end of the day. Same team in X Men Two, baby. Same team. Well, then I'm bringing in uh, and I'm bringing in uh, Infinity War or uh, Endgame. All the Avengers that showed up. Doctor Strange. I'm bringing in Doctor Strange. You bring in Doctor Strange. First of all, Professor X will take out Doctor Strange. And said, Professor X, you can say whatever you want about Professor X. He is a trump card. Professor X, How? if he comes in first. Wear a helmet. He, His powers are done. It's not any helmet. It's only Magneto's helmet. Somebody wearing a construction helmet can't 
not be hurt by Professor Nobody X. Nobody said a construction helmet. You, you, now you're, Tony Stark, you're losing. Tony Stark's, Tony Stark's going to pass out construction helmets to the Avengers. And he's Nobody's passing out. out of here. He, he's hey, got, that bald guy's trying to shut down my brain again. He's, he's got seven out of five fucking Iron Men. He can build a helmet similar to Eric's helmet. No problem. He's way yeah. smarter than Eric. Look, I don't know. Well, well yeah, okay. I've, the helmet thing has always been a little hinky to me, so I'll give you the hey, helmet thing. It's been a little rules, hinky. Man. It's been a little hinky, but but I think that like first of all, Magneto and Professor X are Omega level mutants. Engine Gray is an Omega level mutant. Bobby Drake, if we're going by comic power, is an Omega level mutant. But if we're sticking to movies, I'll sticking give you that he probably that he probably can't do as much as he could. But Storm versus Thor, uh, I think, is more of a fight than you are giving them credit for. At the very least, at the very least, if you're like again, if you're going comic book Storm, mm. I think she beats Thor's ass. But if we're going with movie Storm, at the very least, she makes his lightning ineffectual. She can redirect that lightning at the very least. So you've just got a really strong guy who can fly around with a hammer that's made of metal. So I'm assuming that Magneto can do some damage on that thing. Uh, He's not like worth it. He's not worthy, so he wouldn't be able he to. He doesn't have to pick it up. He just has to redirect it and keep it from hitting anybody, and he can do that with metal. Maybe. Mm, he's not picking it up. It's otherworldly it's metal. I don't know what he can do with uh, metal from other places. I don't know what he can well, do. Well, I don't know what Tony Stark do can do when he builds a helmet. I don't know Tony you Stark's know helmet he can build technology. Helmet. <laughs> Construction helmets. What's wrong with you? And I think, look, I think in a Jean Grey versus Wanda battle. Ooh. Once you get to like Phoenix level powers, I, I think I gotta go Jean Grey, particularly if Professor X gets in there fast enough, he can shut Wanda down. Mm. Like, or so Wanda can get in Professor X's mind. For sure. Like, look, when it comes to Wanda versus either Jean or Professor X, it really is a matter of who gets there first. Like, my, right. my money would be on sending in, if I were, if I were strategizing this, I would send in Nightcrawler and Mystique right away to just put everybody off their game and then have Professor X and Jean Grey just go after Wanda immediately and send Wolverine after the Hulk. That's that's, that's Go ahead, sorry, Matt. Go ahead. That's what I that's what I'm saying. And then Are you ahead. talking Rebecca Romaine Mystique or are you talking Jennifer Lawrence Mystique? I'm talking Rebecca Romaine Mystique. That that, that Mystique was useless. Let's put that on the table. Jennifer first Lawrence all, sir, Mystique was First good. of all, how first of all, how dare you, sir? First of all, how dare you? <laughs> may may we throw uh, uh, an X factor into this? Hey, who's that? Throw in Zack Snyder's Justice League. What? <laughs> hey man, Superman, <laughs> Flash. Can, ooh, this is you a can, good Cyborg. You can throw them in. You can throw them in and throw them right back out again. <laughs> Nobody wants them. Superman <laughs> turns the tide all over the place. I think. And you know, think, Batman would figure out how to fuck up Professor X for sure. I think Batman versus Iron Man, Batman gonna win. What? That's really? no. Oh yeah, oh yeah. One Batman versus Iron Man. Yeah. I would put oh, my money one hundred percent. I would put my money on Batman against any hero unless it's Ben Affleck's Batman, and then I think no. Sorry, but I think I think the the thing you brought up, Michael, though the X factor of Professor X, that is possible. It, like if Scarlet Witch gets into Professor X's head. The other X-Men do not have helmets on. So he's going to be able to control them and make them do terrible things like was alluded to in Logan that he possibly did, which is connected to old man Logan, the story in the comics. So that's a possible. So if Scarlet Witch, who clearly has the potential to go evil or go dark, as we saw at the end, uh, as we saw in WandaVision, she has that power, that ability. That could be an interesting situation. Plus, you've got this love triangle that you can unsettle them with, with Logan and fucking Scott Summers and Gene Gray. That could be something as well. I mean, Gene, if Gene sneaks a look at Thor's pecs, Scott's going to be useless in this battle. To be fair, to be fair, they're no longer in a love triangle in the comics. They're in a thruple, which is way more sex positive and healthy for everybody. So we should just be uh, rolling with the times. Sure. I'm just saying. But you're talking comics. You're not talking movies. I know, but it's just like, if we're going to talk about the love triangle, I think it's worth mentioning that in the comics, now they're basically in a thruple, okay. which is way cooler. I, I, um, I got no judgment on that. That's fair. We're in a thruple here. Go ahead, yeah. I do think, to your Justice League battle, if we're going to talk about it, Doctor Strange yeah. takes Superman off the table without him even having to do anything. Like, That's a great doc, doc, Like, Superman, Superman is one, one of his weaknesses is magic. So Doctor Strange sure. can get rid mm. of Superman. As powerful as Henry Cavill's Superman is... 
Doctor Strange can do a little wave of the hand and he's out of there. Right. Sure, 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 sure. But then you're you're taking the Avengers from from Endgame. Well, John took is... the Avengers from Endgame. I'm well, just doing you... what John did. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking 23 movies in versus the one Justice League movie we got. Right. So well, I think if you get that's, 23, that's, that's that's DC's fault, not mine. Hey man, <laughs> I'm saying if you take <laughs> Avengers one versus X one versus JL one, Zack Snyder's Justice League, yeah, I I think that Justice League team wipes the floor with both the X Men and the Avengers. I mean, Wonder Woman is an X factor here as well, right? She's not even human, you know. She's like Look, a, a whole other species. She's Amazon. As much as it pains me to admit it, but yes, if you're gonna go based on power levels alone, where the mutants were in X Men one where the Avengers were in Avengers 1, where the Justice League was in Zack Snyder's opus, yeah. uh, then yes, I, there, I, there's no way that the other two teams could beat them. But I think that that is not accurate to reality or the reality of the non-reality that we live in in the comic book universe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, so, uh, you know those... Good. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, you know those those like Facebook quizzes that come up, like, hey, you have fifteen dollars to make your fifteen dollars to make your team. So mm, if yeah. you had to pick five, Ooh. if you had to pick five five Avengers, five X Men, five Justice mm. League members, who you pick? I mean, like like so. Wait, you're saying like for our ultimate, the ultimate team up? All right, so why don't we do this? Who wants which? Let's do it. Like we'll each do our. Well, I'll three, take like, Avengers. I'll, I'll take X Men. All right, then I got I got DC. Yeah, all right. That makes this uh, that and, and, and we're doing and we're doing movies here, right? Movies, yeah, movies, movies, movies only, movies only. Okay. Any, 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 anybody in the movies, any series of movies. Yeah, my my, my options are extremely limited. Yeah, they are. Michael Keaton, Batman, <laughs> Christian Bale, Batman, like <laughs> yeah, Batman. Oh my god! If you come at us, if you come at us with just a team of five Batmans, you've already won. <laughs> <laughs> that that is actually if you do like I'm like I got I got I got. Uh, Jean Grey, Professor X, Magneto. You're like, I have five Batmans. <laughs> like, well, well, fuck me, fuck me. I'm out. <laughs> Adam I West, think, I think five from the Brave and the Bold. <laughs> <laughs> I think five Batmans would lose because each one would want to be the alpha dog and be the one in charge. They would absolutely implode upon each other. There's no, no way any Batman is sharing credit with any other Batman. No They're all just gonna way. sit there and stare at us, and we're gonna be like, what are they doing? They're like, gonna rattle his cage. <laughs> 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 where are the stones where are the stones uh, yeah i mean let's see I, I gotta go captain marvel scarlet witch thor more than hulk just uh, let's look at professor hulk then maybe you know what professor hulk over okay. thor i'll take professor hulk over thor uh did i say captain oh black panther Hmm. Let me think on the fifth one. Iron Man. There you go. Done. Right, no, I take Thor over Hulk. I take Thor over Hulk. I don't need Professor Hulk. So, wait, I got so say it again. So say it again. You've got Captain Wanda, Marvel, Captain Wanda, Marvel. Iron Man, Thor, and Black Panther. That's my thought. No Vision? No Vision? Oh, Vision. Fuck me. Vision. Yeah, I guess I'd have to put Vision in there. I'll take... Who do I take out? Fuck, that is tough. I guess I'll take Thor out. Because, I mean, Vision can do everything Thor can do and wield the hammer, as we saw. So, there we go. Vision can be just as strong as Thor. All right. <laughs> plus, whatever, plus, he'd see right through Mystique in a heartbeat. Uh, so, I'm going to go Christopher Reeve, Superman. Michael Keaton, you're, Batman. You're finished already. Anyway, go ahead, yeah. He turned back time. <laughs> Illegally. <laughs> Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh, Ray Fisher, Cyborg. Okay. Did I say, I said Michael Keaton, Batman, right? Yes, Christopher did, Reeve, yeah. Michael Keaton, Ray Fisher, uh, Ezra, Flash. That's your five? And, 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 Gal, and Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. So I've got... Wow. Batman, Superman, Flash, Wonder Woman, and Cyborg. This motherfucker left off Aquaman. Look, I know seventy-five percent of the ocean, the Earth is oceans, and you left off the one guy that can command everything in the ocean. Surprising. Do I think this fight is going to the water? 
<laughs> you bring the water to the fight. That's what I say. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Mikey, what do you got? Uh, Aquaman's always like, hey, guys, don't you want to fight over here on the beach? It'll be more fun. <laughs> over uh, here, man. Over here, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to go. Uh, I mean, I think you going to go Professor X, Magneto, Mystique, Wolverine, and Kitty Pride. Oh, you're just playing. You're, just, you're playing. Who are you no. playing to with Kitty Pride? Kitty Pride, if she touches you, you are along with her. You can face through anything. So as long as Kitty Pride is holding on to everybody or has your back, you can have Superman, you can have Hulk, you can have whoever you want. They can't touch us. Boom. Good point. Unless Vision splits her in half with the Mind Stone, that's possible too. The Mind Stone gonna go right through us if I got a Kitty Pride. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think you got look, you got the world's best telepath. Oh wait, shit, I forgot Jean Grey. Shit, Uh-oh. wait, hold on, wait. Yeah, take Jubilee out of there, whoever. I'm gonna Kitty take Pride. Jubilee. Get out of here All right. All right, I think I okay. I'll I'll lose Mystique, although I feel like that's a mistake. But I'll, I'm gonna keep Kitty Pride because I think that's the thing that keeps me safe. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jean Grey. Okay. Professor X, Magneto, uh, Jean Grey, Professor X, Magneto, Wolverine, Kitty Pride. Why Wolverine? That's fascinating to me. Logan has a healing factor, and he's a fucking brawler. You can't, Logan's going to take everybody down. He's a he's brawler. He's the spirit of the team, that's for sure. He's, he's like, going to do Logan's, what needs to be done. Logan's not going to give up. He's going to keep on going. That's fair. That's fair. Superman is going to throw him into space. <laughs> 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 he he will he, he can keep healing and dying over heal, and over again. Heal from that. <laughs> 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 oh man! In the event that this goes sideways, Flash uh, and Superman oh. will turn back time separately. <laughs> oh, those sons of bitches! Leave it alone. <laughs> Leave it alone, man. <laughs> uh, let's read some of these responses because that's good. Um, Joe, this guy, Jojo, Joe, or, or a woman, I don't know who it is. X-Men win, but it's close. If you think about matchups, Cap and Iron Man could deal with Cyclops. If Thor is fighting Storm, Thor wins. After that, it gets tricky. Hulk and Logan can go either way. Same with Gina and Wanda. But I think if we're talking WandaVision Wanda, she wins. Um, emoji of a lemon, uh, at Crow underscore boy says, none of them have particularly strong psychic defenses. X could easily mind control them into submission. Maybe Wanda, but she's more magic than psychic, which doesn't really mean she's immune. Assuming this is movie versions only. Uh, Matt Calder, at Matt Calder says, Wanda is stronger than Jean. Storm wouldn't be able to... No, I'm out. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but all right. (laughs) Um... Uh, uh, and Mike Miss Mastermind at Sarah Query counters, and she says, "LOL, Storm, the one who controls weather, wouldn't be able to handle a god of thunder." Oh wait, and then she puts a picture of of Wanda holding uh, Thor's hammer. Bada boom! So there you go. Uh, <laughs> I do just want to be really clear on the fact that if we are going into like comics levels, yeah, the X Men are going to destroy the Avengers. Every single time across wow. the board, just wow. so we're clear. Okay, okay. And they fought before in the comics. That was a big deal in the comics a few times. Uh, Blurds and Whiskey podcast at Blurds and Whiskey says, as much as I want to say X-Men will dog walk the Avengers, this is why the Avengers will win. If you know, you know. And uh, it's a picture of a woman, uh, I don't know who that is, saying no more mutants. Is that Wanda? Is that maybe Wanda from House of M? Yes. Saying that? Okay. All right. There you go. I mean, it. I will say, like, so it, it actually is interesting if you think about it. Like, one of the reasons I think we're excited about uh, Marvel, about Marvel MCU finally getting the uh, X-Men mm-hmm. is that if you look at this, if you look at this whole argument, Fox has had X-Men for years, and they have never managed to get Jean Grey to where we wanted her to be, to truly be right. the Phoenix, to be Dark Phoenix. Whereas Wanda, the MCU has gotten her to be as powerful as she is in the comic books almost. Like like the Wanda in the move in the in the movies and in WandaVision, you're basically like, look, there's no stopping her. Like this is she is too powerful. Mm. And that's where Jean Grey is in the comics, but the movies never quite got Jean Grey there. Right. I, I like this point here, a Logan, um the JL Reign of Darkseid is out. Uh, Diamond Spider says this dude clearly doesn't know how Xavier Wolverine work. Which is kind of sad since those two are like the main folks of the X-Men movies. Also, Magneto would fight Iron Man, not Quicksilver. He would immediately be drawn to the guy in the metal suit. 
Uh, Grumpy Ghost says, dude, Zelda Williams brought up the iron in their blood. I never even considered it. Other than maybe Black Panther, if they have iron in their blood, Magneto coupled with Phoenix Gene would really shake things up. Look at how troublesome Thanos was, and he was indirectly hitting them. So interesting points there. The iron in their blood. Never even thought about that being something Magneto could use. So there you go. X2. Right, right. All oh, right. That's the best. That part of that movie is fucking killer. Mm. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I think we've had a very healthy debate about who might win in these situations. What's great is that we're, we've gotten to see these all these uh, groups on screen uh, now in the world, and we'll be getting a new version of the X-Men down the road for sure. And who knows what the Avengers are going to morph into as we go into Phase 4 as well. Only Kevin Feige and the people around him know. Yeah. But it's exciting to think about for sure. We may have to revisit this, this discussion down the road, Mike yeah. and Shannon, as more Avengers get introduced and added to this new crew that's rolling through in Phase 4. So I'll probably I'll probably win that one too. Oh wait, what? Who said you won this? One? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this guy. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's get out of here. That wraps it up for this episode of uh, the Geek Buddies. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you very much for uh, listening or watching us. Shannon, what do we have to tell? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK Tune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? Uh, if you think that the X-Men can beat the Avengers, or if you're wrong, we're happy to have you here. <laughs> Uh, and we love having these discussions and we love oh, you guys being a part of them. So here's what you can do to help us keep on bringing you the week of geek. Uh, you can subscribe to Johnny's uh, Outlaw Nation page over there. You can hit the like button below. You could definitely leave us some comments. Who do you think would win in your X1 versus Avengers versus Justice League debates? Uh, where do you think this would land? What do you think of the other news stories of the week? What movies are you excited about? Uh, what are your thoughts on Venom? Let us know. Uh, and if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere where podcasts are available, leave us some stars, leave us some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings. And as always, please retweet this video, post it on your socials, tell everybody to check out the Geek Buddies and bring more buddies to the table. Uh, we would appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, you all are awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week with another brand new episode here from the Geek Buddies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode from the Geek Buddies. <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> okay, another week. We got another week of geeky goodness, and we're going to talk about it here today. We got new posters, we got uh, breaking news, we got trailers, and we got a funny little tweet and meme to talk about, plus first reactions to uh, both uh, No Time to Die from James Bond and Venom, Let There Be Carnage. We're going to get into all of that, but first let's introduce ourselves. My name is uh, John Roca. I'm the Outlaw here on the uh, Outlaw Nation show and on the Geek Buddies. Uh, Michael? I am Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of uh, animated TV shows and movies here on the Geek Buddies and everywhere else that I go. Yeah, and currently has Strawberry Shortcake on YouTube for you all to watch right now. Don't forget, Shannon. Yeah, and this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Silicon Valley, and Marvel's Agents of F S.H.I.E.L.D. And at some point, we'll get to see uh, my words on Strawberry Shortcake, courtesy of Michael Vogel on YouTube. I like that idea. I like that idea. We're going to get into all of that. All right, well, for those of you who are returning, who are Geek Buddies fans, thank you very much for watching and listening to us and staying with us. And yes, we say listening to us because we have a podcast feed for the Geek Buddies. If you haven't, if you haven't downloaded or subscribed to the podcast feed, please make sure you do so. The Geek Buddies, wherever you download podcasts, 
Go subscribe. You don't even have to download the episode or let the download. You can delete the episodes if you download them. We just want to subscribe. That gives us, uh, you know, numbers and everything like that. I mean, you can keep the episodes. I'm saying you can. I'm just saying subscribe as well so we have the numbers. That's really important as well. Um, and also, for those of you who are new, thank you very much for taking the chance with us here on the Geek Buddies. The way the show works is each of us presents a geek news item. We talk about it amongst ourselves, and we take a little bit of a mini break, and then we jump into our main topic. And our main topic is based on a tweet that was posted that Michael Vogel found the Avengers versus the X-Men, who would whip whose butts? So we're going to get into all of that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, where shall we start? Mikey, I think you start us off here. I'm going to start with a Disney bundle. Uh, you can subscribe <laughs> right now and order what? a Disney bundle, uh, Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN. But I have a Disney news bundle. Mm. Uh, a couple news uh, stories. One just broke uh, as we are recording this. Uh, if anybody has been following this uh, in the geek world, and a lot of you do follow the geek news, uh, Scarlett Johansson and Disney got in a little bit of a fight about monies and Black Widow. Uh, when Black Widow was uh, released both on Disney Plus streaming and in theaters, uh, had a precipitous drop after its first week in the box office. Scarlett Johansson got really mad at Disney and said some really mean things to her them. And then Disney came back and said some really mean things to her. And it was a big knockdown drag out public fight that was very, very messy. Um, but as we are recording this, it has been announced on Deadline that everyone has kissed and made up, and Scarlett Johansson and Disney are friends again. Uh, and in typical Hollywood fashion, their statements are super nice and devoid <laughs> of any actual information. Um, so Scarlett Johansson has said that uh, she's happy to have resolved her differences with Disney. Uh, I'm incredibly proud of the work we've done together over the years and have greatly enjoyed my creative relationship with the team. I look forward to continuing our collaboration in years to come. And then Alan Bergman, chairman Disney Studios, chairman of Disney Studios content said, I'm very pleased that we have been able to come to a mutual agreement with Scarlett Johansson regarding Black Widow. We appreciate her contributions to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and look forward to working together on a number of upcoming projects, including Disney's Tower of Terror. Uh, I love these statements. I know a lot of people get mad when they read these statements and they're like, oh, nobody said anything. This is like when you were a kid and you got in a fight with someone in class and then your teacher made you apologize and you had to be like, I'm really sorry. I'm, I respect you. And the other person's like, I respect you too. I really apologize. I'm glad we're friends. And like both, both sides clearly don't really mean it. Uh, I love it. It makes me happy. It cracks me up. The, clearly what's happening here is Scarlett Johansson is like, thank you for giving me less money than I asked for, but more money than you were planning to. And Disney was like, I guess we're going to give you more money than we wanted to, but less than you asked for. And everybody goes back to their corners and we all move on. So not really huge news, but worthy of talking about because Hollywood press release statements are delightfully vague. Mm. Um, and as far as news that is not really news, but is still awesome because we're really excited about it, uh, the other piece in our Disney bundle this week is that Book of Boba, uh, the spinoff from Mandalorian that focuses on everybody's favorite bounty hunter, will be premiering on December 29th, 2021, right on your TV screens, just in time to count for something that's coming out this year and not next year. Uh, there's the poster. If you're watching this, if you're listening to it, go Google the poster. It really is cool. Uh, it's Boba Fett sitting in, uh, his chair in Java's palace. Uh, yeah, not any other information beyond that. Uh, you know, we know all that we know from just the post credit season, uh, uh, tag at the end of season two of Mandalorian mm -hmm. and some of the stuff we've heard, but, uh, I'm really excited. I'm glad that as we are wrapping up, what if, and we'll have, just wrapped up Hawkeye or be on the tail end of Hawkeye, we get to dive into the Book of Boba. Hmm. So what do you guys uh, think? The finale of Hawkeye and the premiere of Boba, that's the same day. I mean, that's... Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's... Wow. I, I feel like that's, that's two huge uh, Disney Plus projects that are... Like, hmm. we've had Disney Plus episodes release on the same day before, but I don't think two of this kind of, this kind of stature. Um, yeah. To that poster, you know, there's been a thing for many years now that a lot of there's a kind of a cut and paste thing where you got like we got a face we got a face we got a face we got a face we got some action mm -hmm. um the cool thing that disney plus has done with hawkeye and with book of boba fett it's it's not that it's just something a little different i mean with boba fett you have this kind of dark moody photo uh, or dark moody picture of him sitting sitting on this throne essentially and with hawkeye you got uh, uh clint and kate bishop kind of 
walking with this, you know, it, it, the, the posters just look really, they just look really cool. And I like that there's something, there's something different. Disney Plus has been doing a good job with a lot of their posters. I thought all of the stuff leading up for WandaVision was great. I mean, they eventually oh, yeah. got to their cut and paste moment where we all saw that picture of Mephisto in the wallpaper. Um, <laughs> but, but thus far, Disney Plus is is killing it in the poster game. Yeah, I love the poster. I think it's badass. He's so like, what are you looking at, man? Uh, it's such a it's such a strong pose. You know, we're just doing um, uh, There Will Be Blood on the Cinephiles, and we just finished the first section of the conversation, and there's that shot of Daniel Plainview when he's talking to all the, all the uh, town's folks there, and he's sit back, sitting back all the way back on the chair, legs spread wide open as if, like, you guys are not going to attack me in any way, shape, or form. You're not, you're not at my level, and you can tell that is such a strong, relaxed pose, and that's what Boba's doing. Boba's even almost leaning a little bit, like it's no big deal. He's so powerful. So an interesting moment uh, or interesting shot of him for sure, and it gets you excited to see what we're going to get from him. But, you know, not much given away in the poster other than this is a badass, relaxed bounty hunter that's going to kick some ass through a whole series. So excited about that. The Scarlett Johansson thing is very, very curious. I agree with you, Michael. These are the statements that are the right, you know, correct being the bigger person in the room type of statements that you're supposed to deliver. But I also think there's a bit of like Scarlett's statement also carries a bit of like, yes, I am going to, I've enjoyed our work in the past and I'm very happy to be. It's a very strong smiling. Don't fuck with me ever again. Statement, which I appreciate. And I think a lot of other actors and a lot of other people who are watching this closely, who are involved in this transition into streaming, um, uh, we're well aware of this. And the fact that Disney settled this pretty fast shows you that Scarlett's tactics and her team's tactics really worked. They didn't, this wasn't prolonged and dragged out. There wasn't constant mudslinging in the press after the first week. It was clearly both sides were very um, upset about the situation, it took their shots in that first week, and then everybody got into a room and hashed this thing out. And now everybody's happy. And certainly I think we're not done with Scarlett Johansson being a part of Disney and they'd be fools to get out of the Scarlett Johansson business. So all around, this is, you know, sometimes power respects other power and you have to drag it to its knees a little bit to get it to respect you. You're not trying to be above it. You just try to be respected by it. And I feel like Scarlett made all the right moves here. And this kind of gives a blueprint for other actors of her stature that if they feel they're getting screwed over in streaming services to step forward and take this to the press. Yeah, I mean, look, I think also it does show that uh, however Disney was trying to justify what they were doing, hmm. Uh, clearly when they really like buckled down and looked at it all, they were like, ah, we, it's going to be worse if we fight this. Yeah. It's going to be worse for every actor coming in after that. Like there's, there was definitely a level of let's just mm -hmm. deal with this and figure out what our new normal is moving forward. If we are going to keep doing this premiere access streaming thing, which I don't know that they will. I think that right. after looking at Shang-Chi's performance, uh, they're probably going to go back to doing what they're doing with Shang-Chi for the most part, which is the have it be in theaters, let it be in theaters by itself for 45 days, and then go to Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. So I think it's probably going to be an issue that they won't have to deal with anymore, uh, knock on wood, as long as mm -hmm. you know we continue to move forward pandemic-wise. But, uh, but yeah, all really interesting as we continue to see how the window is closing, how streaming is changing things, movies on streaming versus movies in theaters. Like These are things that are going to come up where both sides are going to try and like make their money grab, and you're going to have to see where it lands. And it looks like yeah. this is where it landed. And and uh, this also in combination with that story about Jason Kalar, I hope I'm saying his last name right, over at Warner Media, the CEO saying like in a very honest interview that he's disappointed that he's going to probably be losing his job and that he rushed to the day and date decision that caused a lot of problems with these uh, films like Wonder Woman 1984 and what have you and Dune and all these other films. So clearly there were some steps taken that were bold steps, but are now kind of blowing up in, in these studios' faces. So they have to kind of readjust, backtrack, take a step, take a look at this situation and adapt to it. And so we're seeing the, the, the fall or the uh, consequences or the fallout, rather, of uh, these decisions that were made by these studios as they transitioned yeah. in panic mode um, during COVID to make money. Yeah. Uh, anything more to say on that, or should we move on? Let's move it on up. All right. Shannon, take it away. Trailers, trailers. 
We only got two this week. <laughs> but they're they're for two projects that are going to be coming out in November. Hot on the heels of Disney, we'll we, we'll we'll stick with Disney still. Um, the second trailer for Encanto, which is coming from uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. The other writers are uh, Sharice Castro Smith and Jared Bush. Sharice Castro Smith, really interesting uh, filmography. You know, she she worked on uh, she's worked on a lot of horror. She worked on The Haunting mm-hmm. of Hill House. She worked on the uh, Fox version of The Exorcist, um, but we get the second look at this trailer. We get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more story from the magical family called the Madrigals, who mm. are in the mountains of Colombia. Uh, really impressive cast for this one. We've got Stephanie Beatriz from Brooklyn Nine Nine, John Leguizamo, uh, John Leguizamo, Wilmer Valderrama, Diane Guerrero. For anyone that watches uh, uh, that watches Doom Patrol, she plays Crazy Jane. Mm. Um, really, really fun, fun trailer. I mean, this this story about this kind of magical family and the one family member who does not have a magical gift played by Stephanie Beatriz. Um, but that, I, I thought the trailer was fantastic, but I'll turn it over to you gentlemen first. What did we think of our second look at Encanto? Oh God. Um, I mean, if I can speak as, you know, as South of, of South American heritage. Yeah, this was fantastic and moving and powerful. And I'm kicking myself in the ass that I haven't done a trailer reaction for this yet, but I will be doing a trailer reaction for it for sure. But like, this is just beautiful. And the fact that this, I mean, by the, uh, I don't know, about a minute and 20 seconds into the trailer, my head was like, uh, it's so great to see that. And I want to say this correctly, because I've enjoyed a lot of movies here that are American and English and white based. That magic doesn't only exist in the world of white people, in the world of America. Like magic exists all over the world. And to see it now being highlighted in this specifically very, concretely latino slash hispanic uh, story is very moving for me and i love it and they're keeping the traditional garb no one's dressed up in some anything else they're doing everything that they can do in the traditional garb and i'll tell you this there's a female pro wrestling circuit that's been around for numerous decades in south america and the ladies wrestle in the traditional garb the dress the blouse the whole nine they wrestle and the shoes they wrestle in those things in uh in the ring so that shows you this is a very um uh, multi-purpose outfit that you can use for a number of things and i love that we're seeing that i love the the animation love that the mythical creatures come into this love that we're getting like you know the movement of floors you know these huge uh things that they got to climb up very very interesting and a story that'll be universal because no matter what power you have you sometimes will always feel like the black sheep for whatever reason or you feel like the odd one out Everyone has had that experience in their own family or outside their own family. So it's a very relatable character. And yes, it's always great to see Stephanie Beatrice now starting to get just a bit more work, you know, seeing her in the Heights, now seeing her in this. She's a fantastic actor. She's been great on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So this is another kind of credit to add to her resume that I think will speak volumes about how talented this actress, this Latina actress actually is. So, yeah. Uh, Mike? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I would have been stoked for this movie no matter what, because every time a new Disney or Pixar movie comes out, I'm excited. But this one looks particularly fantastic. It looks so original. It looks so different. Uh, it looks like a Disney fairy tale that's not a fairy tale. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it's not strictly speaking. It's a, the, I think in that, to your point, John, it's because it comes from a different cultural background Mm -hmm. it has its own feel it has its own vibe but it still has those universal sort of disney messages um and this idea i mean i'm curious to find out why but this idea that uh you know casa madrigal is kind of losing its magic and falling apart and that for some reason mirabelle is the only one who can save it the one person who doesn't have magic i mean like that like just hearing that as a setup for a story i'm like I'm super in. The comedy looks great. I really appreciate the fact, uh, you know, you're bringing up In the Heights and a lot of discussion around light skin versus dark skin uh, Latino culture. I was really excited to see that, like, several of the characters in this movie were were darker skinned as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was really, really cool. Uh, And obviously, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda music, like, I'm here for it. And one of the things that was really interesting is uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda was saying in an interview that... You know, obviously he did this music for Moana, which we all love and stand Mm. for. But uh, he said that with Moana, you know, the story was mostly figured out. Like he was one of the last people. He was brought on later since these movies take like four years uh, to get made. That when he came on for Moana, like the movie was already in motion. They figured a lot of stuff out. And he came in and definitely gave Moana 
her voice and really added so much to that movie. Mm. But he did he wasn't there on the ground floor. Whereas with Encanto, he really was there on the ground floor at the beginning of this movie. And I think when you watch the trailer and you see the way the house is like moving to the music and music just seems to like bring the entire story to life, uh, I'm super curious and excited to hear the songs. Yeah. Like my whole thing with Disney movies is I will always be excited when a Disney animated feature comes out. But when I know that it's not a musical, it has like a higher, it has to get be even better for me to like it. Like Wreck-It Ralph, I was like, all right, so bad guy wants to be a good guy in a video game world. Like, cool, but I wish there were songs. And then I saw it and I was like, all right, you're fine. You're fine without the songs. <laughs> but when, the, when a Disney movie's got music, I am extra excited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought this trailer was absolutely beautiful. I mean, the magical family in the magical house. I mean, everything about it just seemed like this is going to be this is going to be a wonderful wonderful family film in time for the holidays because it is coming out for a 30-day exclusive window, November 24th, which me I'm assuming I don't know if it's going straight to Disney Plus after that or if it'll just be yeah. available on premium streamers, but for the first 30 days you will only be able to see Encanto in I mean, the theaters. It sounds like they're going to pull the soul but with a theatrical release. Like I think that they're going to do the November, what do you say, is it 24th, 25th? 24th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 24th and then they'll be like, "Hey, Merry Christmas. You can watch Encanto." So. <laughs> <laughs> and our other uh trailer is the second look at The Harder They Fall, which I don't know if anyone has seen the first trailer, but this looks this is just looks like just a badass badass western it is going to have a i think a very limited theatrical run at the end of october but it is going to be dropping on netflix on november 3rd mm. so what a cast this movie has <laughs> jonathan majors idris elba zazie beats regina king lakeith stanfeld eddie Gafigi, delroy lindo rj seiler who we actually have the same agent rj is a delightful dude uh, Dion Cole, I mean, this is an enormous, enormous cast. And yeah. the basic story is uh, Jonathan Majors is an outlaw and Idris Elba is an outlaw. Idris Elba killed his family and gets out of prison and he's basically assembling his outlaw crew to go track him down. Um, this, again, I, I cannot overstate the badassness of this trailer and Regina King on the heels of an incredible performance in Watchmen getting to play another incredibly strong lady. I thought this looked awesome. Gentlemen, what did we think of the second look uh, of the harder they fall? Mikey, what'd you think? All right. I, I'm super excited. This trailer looks amazing. I will start with my one caution, which is, there have been a lot of Netflix trailers for Netflix movies that the trailers looked really amazing. <laughs> and then I saw the movie and I was like, Okay. Uh, so now I, there's a level of caution with every Netflix trailer where I'm like, oh, I got really excited, but okay. Uh, so we'll see. But I am really excited. And I just, it, it is amazing what, how's the right way to say it? It is amazing how fresh and new a formulaic movie looks when you have an all-black cast in it. Like, there is something about... Nothing about what you pitched is something that we haven't seen in one form or another in some Western, if you're a fan of a Western. Like, right. this outlaw is mad at this outlaw. I've got my team putting together's team. There's going to be a showdown in the town. There's going to be saloons. There's going to be brothels. We're probably going to have a high noon moment. It's all the things that we love about seeing a Western. But by putting an entirely black cast there of strong, uh, both strong men and female uh, actors, male and female actors, it really just makes it feel... Like, we're seeing a whole new, fresh, and different thing uh, that I'm super excited about. Like, I love Westerns in general, but this just had this different energy and vibe to it that I was really, really intrigued by, at least in the trailer. And like I said, it's a Netflix movie, so I was like, really intrigued. We'll see. Stay in your lane, man. Animation. You leave the Westerns to me. You stay in your lane. Uh, I absolutely oh. <laughs> love the fact that you well, I had this. I had this voiceover job for you, but I, somehow I just uh, oh! gave it to somebody else. <laughs> oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know my... So, I didn't know. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I got to text my friend who's a voiceover actor. Oh, you stay in no. your Western lane. Stay in your Western oh. lane over there. I'm texting somebody right now. <laughs> I just got my Canadian citizenship. Okay, now I can tell him to be a voice. What are your fucking shows? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, this is... This looks great. Everything Michael said is absolutely correct. I mean, it's great to see it in a fresh new approach with all these black faces in here. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't just casting a black... 
there were black people in the West, ladies and gentlemen. There have been many stories of black people in the West, and they, they've just never had a chance to tell their story. So I'm not saying this is a true story, but certainly this is a fun, as Shannon pointed out, a fun archetypal cliche type of Western. You have a you have a group of people getting together who are kind of questionable characters to go get some vengeance against this guy who's done this thing to one of their people. So, okay, great. That's awesome. And so you got to cast it correctly. Bringing in this uh, who's who of black actors yeah. nowadays to be a part of this is fantastic. And I'll tell you this, another thing to add to Michael's point, the reason it's fresh is because finally studios are putting actual money. They're getting real people of, of, of a good talent to come aboard behind the camera and in front of the camera to do these kinds of things in these black projects. In the past, the people have had to like fight for money and do it on low budget. And that's why you get stuff like Posse, which isn't that good, but could have been that good if they'd had the right people involved in the right amount of money to attract the right level of actors to be a part of it. Seeing it now, this brooch, just the look of it is so clean, so fantastic, so perfect. I'm looking forward to it. But I also agree with Michael. I hope it's not a bad movie. Netflix does a fantastic job of getting you excited about stuff, but I hope it's not a bad movie and we shall see. But from the trailer itself, I'm excited for it and I want to see what we get because no, there's nothing this this outlaw loves than a, of a film about outlaws set in the West and getting some revenge. I dig it. And also, I mean, to your point, yeah, it is great to see so many black faces uh, in this Western, but also regardless of color or gender, yeah. The quality of actor in this movie is ridiculous. Like yes. from top, like like you're also like, oh, God, okay, Idris Elba, amazing, Regina King, amazing, Jonathan yeah. Majors, amazing, Delroy. Like you just go down the list, you're like, you are all A plus actors. Yep. Like there is not there is not a bad one in the bunch. Like it is like mm -hmm. that. That's probably what makes me the most excited about this. I'm I like yeah. I said, we'll we'll see how I feel, but I'm 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 hopeful that this is. Not one of the bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> and up and coming A-list actors as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and again, I, I think based off the trailer, like th there's definitely, you can, there's going to be some humor. There's going to be some comedy. The fact that you have Dion Cole in it, who is yeah. a hilarious performer. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. The, the theatrically, it will be released limitedly on October 22nd, and but then drops on Netflix November 3rd. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to the next section here, and that is basically first reactions to these two films. I got to see them on the same day, which was a hell of a 180. Uh, uh, the new James Bond film, <laughs> No Time to Die, which is coming out on October 8th for everybody else. I think it comes out um, uh, tomorrow as we're recording this uh, in the internationally, but it comes out on October 8th here in the States and uh, Venom, which comes out real soon as well. So I went to see this on Tuesday. So noon on Tuesday was uh, James Bond. And then three hours after it was over was Venom. Couldn't have asked for two more distinctly different things. We're going to talk about the first reactions to them. Let's I'm going to go through the Hollywood Reporter real quick, and I'm going to share the screen to show you guys the first reactions to No Time to Die. We'll go through some of these critics here. Josh Horowitz over there at MTV, also part of the Schmodown. Josh Horowitz is going to be uh, performing live on October 9th, I think, in Brooklyn, New York, against Griffin Newman, toe-to-toe -to -toe going at it in, in trivia. No Time to Die is very good. I'm more relieved than anything else. I was worried going in. It's somehow the silliest and most serious Daniel Craig outing, mostly the former. Mike Ryan says No Time to Die is mostly nonsense, Roger Moore level absurd plot. But I love Roger Moore, was in the mood for a ridiculous plot. Craig is great, though. The ending tries to go for something poignant and heavy, and I wasn't into that part. Well, Mike Ryan, you're absolutely fucking wrong. I disagree with you. Yolanda Machado is here saying, give Ana de Armas every role ever. I wish she was in No Time to Die more, but my God, she was perfect, hilarious, and a badass. I love her. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is heavily felt, and that's a, Dan uh, that's a great thing. And Daniel Craig, wow. Bravo, 007. Bravo. Erica o Eric Owens says, everyone's going to be talking about that No Time to Die ending, but it's the opening minutes which reminded me of Joe Wright's Hannah that stand out as its best and make it clear there is life beyond the franchise's most familiar beats. We get Tessa Smith here, Mama's Geek. She says, No Time to Die is everything I wanted and more. A great farewell to Daniel Craig, but honestly, I wanted more Rami Malek. Yes, it's long, but whenever it felt like it was about to drag, I jumped right back in with adrenaline action-packed from the start classic bond and one last uh, one here Jacqueline at that Jacqueline she's she has the Rotten Tomatoes wrong po a podcast with Mark Ellis and uh, is a senior writer over there at Rotten Tomatoes she said the absolutely perfect way to bid farewell to Daniel Craig's time is 007 no time to die throws back to every element that made his introduction in Casino Royale so iconic a perfect blend of old and new buckle up y'all this is as good as Bond can get so gentlemen 
What's your reaction uh, to these uh, first reactions here uh, from uh, all these noted critics? Well, John, since you've seen the movie, no spoilers. <laughs> I'm not. What is what is your reaction to the reactions? Uh, that's a great point you bring up. What is my reaction to the reactions? Well, no spoilers. No spoilers. No, no. I'm I'm not going to drop any spoilers at all. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, what can I tell you, man? Uh, you know what? I think my tweet says it best. Let me bring it up real quick for you. Yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah, No Time to Die was absolutely worth the wait. A fantastic send-off featuring Daniel Craig's most confident, driven, and grounded performance yet. Stunning action sequences, an old-school Bond villain, and a brilliant ensemble cast. Gives one life. James Bond fans rejoice. That's my overall thoughts on the film. I, I thought it was gr- I really enjoyed the hell out of this thing. I thought Daniel Craig did a fantastic job. I thought they gave him a lot of emotional, um, a lot of an emotional journey to go through so that when that ending comes, it's a very earned ending. Yes, Anadarmus is a great part of the movie. Lashana Lynch, who no one seems to be mentioning, is stellar in the film as well. Uh, and yes, the feeling of the female element is very powerfully felt throughout the movie. It doesn't in any way take away what Daniel Craig is doing. This is very much Daniel Craig's movie. But the women that are in the movie very much command their presence and their time on screen. So that's a good thing, including Naomi Harris uh, as well. I'm excited. I the All of the responses so far have me really excited. I think I said this before uh, as we were kind of covering the Bond trailers mm. for the movie that I realized that I hadn't that I needed to go back and rewatch them. So actually, over the past couple of weeks, my brother and I went back and went uh, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Oof. Skyfall, and Spectre. So I've watched all four. Uh, I feel like there's two really, really good ones, one mediocre one and one horrible one. Um, and But I feel like I am now immersed in sort of the Daniel Craig-verse of the Bond movies. So I'm really excited to see where they wrap up. Uh, I'm excited about the Phoebe Waller-Bridge aspect of it. Mm. Everything that everyone's saying that they like about it uh, are the things that I'm hoping it's going to be. So I am very much looking forward to I'm looking forward to it more now than I was before after having gone back and rewatched all four movies, honestly. Even though there's some bad ones in there, like Quantum of Solace is just a horrible movie. I, I, I realize why I didn't remember anything about it because there's nothing to remember. But uh, but I but I'm now that I kind of went back and re- went through them, I'm actually really, really excited for it. And the the responses are making me more so. Yeah. Shannon, thoughts? Well, not really. Again, I've mentioned this before. Not really being a Bond guy, um, hmm. I, I'm I'm ambivalent to it coming out. I I'm of the actors who have played Bond. I think Daniel Craig is probably my favorite hmm. um, because it is a little more modern. Um, look, the, the the fact that it is what two hours and forty minutes, like it's pretty two long hours movie. and forty three minutes. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that I think it'll be a delightful afternoon at the movies i don't know if i have the strength in me to go through and watch all four bond movies because i loved casino royale i thought casino mm. royale was great quantum assault i'm with vogel i don't remember anything about it i think specter i liked and skyfall i was a little like oh it's james bond Sky- meets home alone skyfall, um, listen james bond meets home alone is the best thing in the world that's the best part I okay for it. you <laughs> I was not so much into that. Um, but again, I mean, I, I can't explain it. Why Bond on paper, Bond should be my jam, and it just isn't. But I do like Daniel Craig, and I do really like Ana de Armas. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see those performances. And the little bits they've shown of Lashana Lynch in the trailers, she looks great. Yeah. Very strong presence in the film, for sure. All right, the other one is Venom. Venom, let there be carnage. I've been getting into multiple Twitter battles about this <laughs> film. I'm one of the few odd people out uh, in the world of the critic sphere who didn't 100% fall in love with this one. But let's share some of these uh, reactions to people here. The brisk, if you say brisk, 90 minutes uh, runtime of this one. Let's see. Let's, let's run through some of these reactions. Molly Freeman says, Venom, Let There Be Carnage has some really entertaining and charming moments, particularly between Eddie and Venom, which is still a super fun dynamic. But the movie gets a bit bit lost in the carnage of it all. There's too many ideas, and the movie just barrels through the mess to the end. Yes, I agree with that. Jermaine Lucier says, when it comes to Venom, Let There Be Carnage, it's simple. Did you like the first one? You'll like this one. Not like the first one? That's how you'll feel here. It's the bigger, faster version of the first movie, which I enjoyed and instantly forgot about. Fun. 
frivolous. Uh, we already read Mike Ryan's thoughts on the other one. Matt Neglia, who I like and respect very much. Venom to be Carnage embraces the absurd buddy romance from the first film even more. Andy Serkis keeps the action and humor moving quickly, even if it doesn't always land or, or rarely lands, in my opinion. Tom Hardy's Gonzo <laughs> performance is still a highlight, while Woody Harrelson relishes every sadistic moment. To Eric Davis over there at Fandango says, Tom Hardy is fantastic in Venom Tomb, a film that gladly and madly leans into the darkly hilarious tone and then some Definite natural-born killer vibes from our villains. What? But it's ultimately Hardy who steals every scene with a one-of-a-kind performance. That's so much fun to watch. Uh, and Dan Casey says, Venom, Let There Be Carnage is a wild-ass movie of the highest order. Ultra-violent rom-com that is delightfully self-aware and weird. Tom Hardy gives 200%. Whatever you do, don't miss the post-credits. That's absolutely true. And let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, my thing. Uh, and see what I felt about the movie, which might get me into a little bit of trouble, but we're going to do it uh, um, anyway, if I can uh, share the screen here one more time. Jesus Christ, why does it jump to our three shot? That's so weird when it does that. Here's what I said about the movie. It might get me in trouble, as I said here. Uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage is not a good movie. Woody, Naomi Harris, and Michelle Williams are wasted in one-note roles with Tom Hardy struggling to give Eddie slash Venom any depth or complexity. The 90-minute cut sacrifices story beats, character progressions, and any real logic. But the special effects of Carnage are glorious and will delight any comic book fan. Eddie and Venom's friendship still works here, and I did laugh a few times at their banter. Also, that end credit scene is mind-blowing. If you like the first one, you'll probably like this one. There we go. That's my overall thoughts on this. Gentlemen, what do you think as you hear the uh, thoughts of our uh, of other colleagues of mine, other critics there uh, in the world of Critic Fruit? It, here, here's what it makes me think. I think it is an interesting exercise in bias to hear these two uh, responses. Like, it's interesting that when you hear something that you want to hear on the internet, you lean into it. And when you hear something you don't want to hear, you don't. Like, mm -hmm. all of the reactions to the Bond movie got me excited. I was like, that is what I want it to be. I hope that that is true. Yay, it seems like people like it. That must mean it's good. And then you read all the Venom 2 ones, and I go, well, these people are clearly insane because I know <laughs> that this is going to be a garbage movie. Like, I, it's just, it's very funny. Like, as you were reading them, I was like, this is so, it's, it's, it is, it would be disingenuous of me to say anything else that this is just bias. Like, I do not like that first Venom movie. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a much better Venom movie out there, with or without Peter Parker slash Spider Man in it. There is a better take on Venom than what we got. And as yeah. someone who very much likes Venom from the comic books, and very much liked what we did with Venom when we did Spectacular Spider-Man, that movie ain't it. And so this movie, even though early on when it was like, well, Andy Serkis is going to do it, we'll see. The second we saw that trailer, I, I noped right out of it. I was like, uh-uh, it's not going to happen for me. And so even though all of those, it's great, it's mad, they lean into the crazy, it's natural born killers vibes, I was like, fool me once, shame on you. Like, I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. But that being said, Shannon and I are going to see it tomorrow afternoon, so I'll let you know. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Shannon, since you're going tomorrow, uh, what's your thoughts on this? Look, if this movie is even mildly enjoyable, it will have been worth the afternoon. Because <laughs> watching that first Venom movie that was in a packed theater and watching the crowd, for the most part, really react to some of these bits that I thought were just terrible. I was like, yeah. well, look, I mean, clearly this movie is not made for me. Um, and, and that's okay. I mean, the the right. only good thing I can say going into this is like, hey, not, what, 90 minutes? Okay, well, it's 90 minutes. minutes. Long. Um, what worries me about it, and and John, I know you will not corroborate anything here, is that post-credit sequence. Because people mm -hmm. are talking about, Oh yeah. Is this where we get confirmation that Venom is in the MCU or this is a connection to the MCU? And where I get worried is like, oh, the MCU is just has for me is just so stellar. I don't want to see it get sullied by being connected to this movie that just is not gonna be great. Look, um every, that's what I every, get worried about. Every family has those cousins that you don't want them to come to the reunion. You're like, we all get along great. We're barbecuing. We're making the hot dogs. Well, the pickup truck pulls up and you're like, oh shit, they're here. They came. That If that is what this section of the MCU is, it's like, it's like, oh, 
here come those Spider-Man villains. They're piling out of their car. Somebody, somebody hide the hot dogs. They're gonna take them all. Like you know, <laughs> shitter's full, Clark. Uh, <laughs> that's what it is in there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I, I tweeted this out because, and I put it on Instagram. And I rarely put combative stuff on Instagram, but I felt like. This is something I need to make a point about. I, I I love being a part of the critic sphere. I love being part of the people. And I really respi- respect and admire and read a lot of my fellow critics reviews because there are some incredible brains out there who break down movies. William Bibiani, Drew McWeeny, a lot of people that I really, really, Mance, a lot of people that I really respect. So it frustrates me when they're so willing to gleefully bash the Transformers movies, turn them into wow. a punchline. And well, the exact same shit that I use to describe the Transformers movies, they use to describe the Venom movies and laud the Venom movies. It's an incredible disconnect or a slight hypocrisy, in my opinion, overall. You can like what you like. That's my point. Let me like the Transformers films. Stop turning them into a butt of, in the butt of a joke when your Venom films are just as fucking terrible as you claim these Transformer films are. So to me, I just feel that there's a disconnect in there where everyone's like, oh, it's very self-aware. Bumblebee is peeing oil on John Turturro. That is self-aware. What the fuck? So to me, it just is. It just doesn't make sense how they think somehow Michael Bay took the Transformers film seriously. It's ridiculous. They were they're talking cars. I don't know that that's just, that's what self-aware means. Well, that's what they're trying to claim. The peeing on Turturro is a self-aware moment. I do think to your point though. But to your point, I don't think it's I don't think it's hypocrisy. I think this is. This is what's cool about geek culture, and this is what's cool about us doing this show. Like, look, there are people listening to this right now that I said Venom was a garbage movie, and y'all are like, Vogel, fuck you. I love Venom. And, like, that is fine. Like, I love it. Like, there are people that every time I talk about my love for Last Jedi, y'all are going to come for me. I love it. Like, I think what is great is that we all like the things we like, and part of geek culture is loving something so much that even when you get a version of it that might not be everything you want, you're happy that you saw it. Yeah. Uh, and we all have different things that we like and different things that we respond to. Uh, and I think that that's great. Like, I'm I'm actually happy for the people that love the Venom movies. I think, to Shannon's point... Me too! I don't, I don't really... It doesn't bother me that people like a movie that I don't like. I think in the era that we live in, and kind of to Shannon's point about this post credit sequence, it's where... It's, it's where things that I think could be better make so much money that I feel like Hollywood then goes, well, we don't have to try and improve it or make it stronger. Right, but that's, right, just my, right. that's just my own personal feeling is like someone who works in the field. Like I'm like, I'm always like, well, how can we do better than what we did? And I think that when something makes, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars, they're like, all right, well, I'll just keep doing that. And for me, this particular tri- take on Venom and Eddie Brock is, you know, the, like I said, it's, it's, the, it's the cookie monster version that I don't love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they get away with saying, oh, it's, you know, it doesn't always land. Yeah, that means it doesn't land. It's it's silly. And yeah, so are the Transformers movies. They're silly. <sighs> All right. I, just I mean, kind of I don't I don't like the Venom movie and I don't like the Transformers movies except for the first one. So I, yeah. I feel like I don't have a dog in this fight. I can respect the consistency of that. But for for five years when I've been hearing with every criticism. Yeah, but you like the Transformers movies every time. I make a criticism on it. Someone always throws that in as a comment. I go, can I now do this with other people who like the Venom movies? Yeah, but you really like the Venom movies. So I can't really trust your opinion on shit. All right. Anyway, just getting my vibe out there. Or my, uh, my, my uh, grind my, my no, ex. No. Oh, no, that's your vibe. That's your vibe. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's take a break. And we're going to jump into a little bit of a fun stuff, uh, a fun topic to talk about here as we end the show. And we'll be right back right after this. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. 